everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker here with my co-host Aaron Oliphant. And we are here for the most part every each and every week to chat triathlon, life, and all things in between. We are both coaches and triathletes. I, Kayla, am a professional triathlete and Aaron is an elite amateur age grouper. And we both just absolutely love the sport of triathlon and we like to share our passion for it with you as well as kind of our knowledge of endurance sport and triathlon over the years between the two of us we collectively probably have 20-ish years or so in in endurance sports in general between the swimming that Aaron did growing up ski racing to myself and triathlon on top of that so before we dive into the show we have some questions we'll have some questions for you guys but a few ways that you can help support us here at where if you take you one way is to share this podcast the more ears and eyes that we have on the podcast, the more that we get it out there and more people that can hear us. So if you please could share it on your social media platforms, that'd be amazing. We really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody that has been listening. We love getting your feedback and hearing from you guys. Another way that you could support us is we have merchandise available at the Where If You Take You uh, website. So at www.whereifeetakeyou.com in the underneath the drop down box of under coaching, you can find the Where If You Take You store. And we have amazing swim caps. These are seriously some of the best swim caps I have ever used. They were designed by Aaron. And I, again, I don't know that I've ever had a better swim cap. Um, we have a beautiful purple color and then this really cool uh, white color. On top of that, we just launched some running caps or running hats, I guess is a better way to phrase that. And these are a uh, technical running hat from Boca or Boco. Boca. Boca. Oh. Boco. I think for Boulder, <laughs> Colorado, because I think that's yeah. where they're located. That would make sense. Boca. That would make sense. Um, and these are amazing. They're the lightest hat I think I've ever worn. Um, they are super lightweight and fit very nicely. As you know, it's hard to go wrong with anything Boco. So those are a couple of ways that you can support us. We appreciate, as always, any of the support that you guys give us. Um, it's, I don't know, just our honor to be able to share kind of our passion with the sport with you guys. So yeah, but before we dive into questions, Erin, you are, where are you in the world lately? <laughs> Today I'm in Door County, uh, Wisconsin. Where's Door County, Wisconsin? Uh, okay. It's like the peninsula of Wisconsin. Um, okay. So it's a beautiful, like, lake town. Um, oh, nice. Really enjoying my time up here. But just, I feel like my training the last month has been a shit show for lack of a better term it's just been all over the place and just getting things in when I can and I'm definitely feeling antsy feeling antsy but also just like trying to balance everything but then at the same time I'm coming back from the shoulder injury but I also just started a new job two months ago and I just feel like I have a lot of like new-ish pieces in my life um and all of a sudden, the weeks till Kona is just counting down. <laughs> I'm starting to panic a little bit, but also know, like, it's fine. Like, there still has to be some fitness left over from the Ironman I did a month and a half ago. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it will be. It will definitely be okay. It's uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, your train has been a shit show. But at the same time, you've done what you could. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Sometimes it's the way it is. Is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. But 
we make do and you've gotten some stuff in and we've got nine well, eight weeks basically by the time you get home i think um, um training peaks always does things weird so it actually might be nine weeks um and as you know we'll do what we can we fit around your schedule to make it work and you, you know how to race these things you'll you'll be just yeah. fine I do like to race, so I've got that going for me. <laughs> and hopefully this year I don't have a flat. So Right, there you go. <laughs> that going for me. So basically we'll as see. long as you don't have a flat, you're gonna have a PR there. <laughs> hopefully. That's that's the plan. Um so yeah, like I I would be lying if I said I felt super confident about Kona at this point, but I also know I'm doing what I can at this moment to be the best prepared I can while attending to other areas of my life that also need to be attended to like work and stuff. So that is a key one. And the reality of the age group triathlete life, especially when you're first starting out and trying to get it all figured out. It really is. It's kind of the reality of the age group life. And honestly, as I'm realizing, it's also the reality of the very new pro life. Uh, while I have a quote unquote flexible schedule, I still run a business that requires a lot of my attention and cannot afford for the pro triathlon life without this business. It's not possible yeah. for me. <laughs> um, it, it is, it is a must. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a, it's a piece that a lot of people have to deal with. And I think it's, that's why it's an important one to, you know, kind of talk about and why I think it's important. Like when we talked about it in our last episode, how we both really agree that we will always fit triathlon to the life, not necessarily meaning that you have to fit life around triathlon to an extent, right? There's always a time where sometimes you do have to be like, yep, I'm in this, I'm in this four week block. I have to make triathlon the priority, but even then you can still fit them. We can fit them together. And so, you know, that's where, you know, you and I are just trying our best to communicate what your schedule is, you know, is available and we make adjustments and, you, you, as young as you're, when you're, as long, the other pieces, when you're focused, this is something I'm like reminding myself of too, a little bit is when you're focused in the session, that's when you get the most out of the session. And so when you are a little more time starved, you have to be very focused in the session versus just being like, oh, well, that one, you know, I'll just kind of dilly dally here and there. And, you know, it's just not necessarily quality over quantity, so to speak, because, you know, there's never just quality over quantity or quantity over quality, but it's just mixing the two, I guess. Yeah. And I, now I have time to do a four hour ride next week. And I don't think I have ever been this excited to do a four hour ride. Four hour. Heck yeah. See, that's <laughs> the thing. Like the other thing is, is like, yeah, when you get go through phases of these life, the life like this, like, capitalize on the excitement because yeah. not everyone is always excited when they're eight weeks out. Right. So capitalize on that and be like, yeah, okay. I'm eight weeks out. Not, this is usually a time when people maybe are starting to get a little bit tired and they're like, Oh God, I still have eight weeks to go. You on the other hand are really excited. Yeah. That's a good thing to capitalize on. Yep. So, so just focusing on that and what I can control or trying to focus on that. And what I can't yeah. control. <laughs> Not always yeah. the same thing, but 
for trying. And you went to the women's race, women's PTO race, I or did you go to both men and women's? No, I just went to the women. So I awesome. was visiting my family in the Chicago area because I was supposed to be racing USAT age group nationals that morning. Um, and with the shoulder thing, I still wasn't able to swim and I definitely was not race ready. And I don't think my body would have been ready for the recovery portion because I'm still experiencing good good amount of fatigue and still a bit of an increased heart rate from falling and stuff. Um, so it just wasn't a good idea for me to race, but well, still it would have put you more in the hole than it would have benefited you. Yeah. But still obsessed with triathlon. So I had to go watch the PTO race. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun and the PTO did a really good job of making it spectator friendly um, because the bike course I think had seven loops and the run course had five loops which as an athlete I'm not sure I would love except there's only like 20 of them racing so I don't think they ever get bunched together um like age groupers would if we had that many loops um but uh, from a spectator standpoint it was amazing to be able to see them go by that many times and um got to watch them take a turn and see the differences of how some people make the turn and come out of the turns and I don't know. It was a lot of fun to be up there. It looked, I mean, I watched both of them, men and women on, on TV, like every, almost every second of it. And it just, the energy was so awesome. I really liked, I think it was, it really showed why this was the first time that the PTO like collaborated with USAT to kind of combine these two. And it just really seemed to provide an amazing energy at the race. And I'm really hoping that, you know, I was listening to the Pro Tri News podcast and they were all saying that they really hope that all brands, triathlon brands kind of swallow their pride and start working together to create more of those like multi-sport style weekends, so to speak, or that like an existing race that's already happening that the PTO can tag on because it just really does create an atmosphere that is a bit fairly electric and just then we you know when we, when you have that type of atmosphere, you also get more out of the athlete and it just looked, it just looked really cool. Taylor Nib put on a masterclass. That's for sure. <laughs> she just looked amazing. She's insane. She is an mm-hmm. insane athlete. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. So it was fun to watch, but I bet it was even more fun to be there in person. It, it was pretty cool. And my mom went up with me. Um, Cause oh, she's yeah. an athlete as well. So it was fun to watch the sport we both love together. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's a, it looked really fun. One of these days. I mean, it sounds like they're putting on more next year. So it does sound like that. And I hope like the uh, PTO race in Singapore that they're allowing age groupers to do, I think has like 2000 registrants. So I'm hoping they continue to do that in other races because I would love to race like the hundred K distance. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I know it's very similar to a half iron distance, but it is different. And I think I'd like that difference a lot. I think it'd be, a, it's a good, uh, good distance for you for a lot of reasons. And that the one, the swim is proportionally a little bit longer. Yep. Which <laughs> that's the main reason. <laughs> is a good, it's a good thing for someone like yourself. But um, also with where my threshold running is like around like, mm-hmm. 10 miles is where I kind of start to hit a wall. So I've struggled a bit with the last three miles of a half marathon, but with it only being 11 miles in the hundred K distance, like yeah. I pushed through that last one a little more. 
Heck yeah. No, I think that'd be a great a great option for them as well to have more age groupers available able to do some of those. Um, yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed that there's great. more availability for us back back to mid pack pros and <laughs> age groupers as well. You'll be in the front pack before you know it. Well, one of these days, hopefully, we've got <laughs> Ironman Mont Tremblant next week. We head out on Thursday, which is crazy. I can't, believe it's already, I can't believe it's already here. Uh, so how'd Flagstaff go? Are you feeling prepared after Flagstaff? Do you think that helped you get ready, at least escape the heat for a little bit? I, You know, it's hard to say yes. <laughs> um, I'd say yes. It definitely helped. I didn't have, like, my big re- one really big long day was a complete shit show. Like, I just blew up on the bike and... I had a hard time on the run and then I got caught in a thunderstorm. And so then I quit cut the oh, run God. short because I didn't want to be running in a thunderstorm. Um, that's yeah, just especially a not at altitude. No, that's just kind of a no-go for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, like huge cracks of thunder and lightning. I mean, you're at 7,000 feet up there. You're in the mountain. There's yeah. mountain storms. They're, they're, they're something different. Um, and so that one was kind of a mess, but then I had an amazing 18 mile run the next day. Um, that's awesome. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily quote unquote fast. Um, and in, in fact, it, it really wasn't very fast from fast standpoint, but it was super smooth, super steady. I literally, I was, I got done. And the only reason I don't think like, I was like, I could have run a full marathon today. And the only reason I couldn't, because I didn't have enough nutrition with me. Like that's the only reason I just felt it was amazing. They had this, they had this path, this trail, and I'm totally blanking on the name of the trail, but it's like a, a dirt trail that just goes forever. And you just, I just ran for 18 miles on this packed dirt pathway um, in the woods, kind of in the woods and everything. And so it was really fun and I just really enjoyed it. And uh, so that was really, was really good. Um, so I had a really good week of training last week. This week has been kind of a disaster for me, mostly for, mostly because of swimming. Swimming has not been going well uh, at all. Doesn't help when your goggles melt in the car. No. Yeah. Public service announcement. If you live in Arizona, do not leave your goggles in your car, in your garage, in the heat, where it's probably like 120 in your garage. They melted. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 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 they were like almost completely folded over this morning and I tried to make them work and couldn't. (laughs) <laughs> and so I have to swim this afternoon after my physical therapy appointment. Um, but swimming has just been kind of a disaster. Um, I've tried three times now to get this very specific swim in. And I did one day I did 800 yards. I told myself I had to get through the warm up, And if I still felt like garbage after the warm up, I could go home. And I mm-hmm. felt like garbage after the warm up. Like it took me 55 seconds to swim a 50. Oh, yeah, I just literally, I was like, I like, could barely kick. I like getting my arms out of the water was exhausting. I was like, this this is stupid. I am not doing this. This is just going to make me angry. So I got out of the water. And then I tried again yesterday, and I was actually having a really good swim. And then I had a huge blood sugar crash. Um, like mm. arms were shaking. I literally couldn't think about anything besides food. That's all I could think about. I just, I literally was like seeing like hamburgers and French fries and egg. Like, <laughs> literally like all I could think about was food. And I, I kept trying to like push through it. And I was like, nope, I, I have to go eat. I'm so hungry. Um, 
And then I tried again this morning, but none of my goggles worked because they had all melted. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, swimming has been a bit of a disaster this week. Um, but other than that, everything's been going really good. Um, I did get my blood test results back from Inside Tracker because, as we've talked about in the past, like on a couple of the podcasts, I've been having a really hard time. I definitely had a lot of weird things going on. Um, one of them being blood sugar related. We've always wondered if I'm hypoglycemic. Um, I've always kind of like wondered because I get like we talk about hangry, like really hangry, like to the point where it's like, I can't think I can't focus and I'm not a good person to be around. And it's like, if you don't feed me now, things are not going to go well. Um, not so, you know, it's like, it's like kind of that next level. And then, I mean, I've had instances where I've passed out in parking lots because I had such, wouldn't was so hungry. Um, after back in college, after, um, uh, after run, after hard workouts, and I will get kind of that, I'll get the feelings like my husband has, Brandon has type one diabetes. And when he's low, like I know his symptoms and I will get a lot of those symptoms. And so this, this, the, uh, results when I got him back, my, my blood sugar was at 52, 54, which is very, it was, is borderline very low. And this was after having my coffee even. So I forgot that I had the had the test and you're supposed to do completely fasted. Um, so like no coffee or whatever. I kind of forgot and then realized after I had had my coffee, I was like, Oh yeah, I had this test in an hour. Um, so this was after having my coffee, which has milk and cream in it. So there's still some sugar in there and it is still out of 52. So pretty low. So we basically don't think that my body's recovering at night because mm-hmm. my blood sugar is so low. Um, and it, you know, kind of matches some things that I get these crashes on the bike. Like I get blood sugar, what I assume to be blood sugar crashes on the bike where I just want to fall asleep and I can't mm-hmm. think and my arms are heavy and I'm not, I can't focus. Um, so I haven't quite figured out how to totally fix that one, but we're working on it. So yeah, it's kind of where we're at for the time frame. Just, yeah, gearing up for Tremblant next week and hopefully have some fun with it. But sweet. All right. Well, we got Let's a couple of questions, questions here. <laughs> yeah. We are going to start with a swim tech with Erin today. And we've got, we've got two questions from her. One is from Sophia and the other is from myself. Um, so the first is from Sophia and she wants to know kind of what your thoughts are on the best swim workout two weeks before 70.3. And in reality, I would like to have that be more long on because in reality, two weeks before 70.3, you're doing a little bit more speed kind of to kind of sharpen things, but Mm -hmm. you're not really making any crazy changes to what you've always been doing. So let's talk about a taper week from a swimming standpoint. What would you have an athlete do in a taper week? get in the water as much as they possibly can. Not for a long period of time. Like they don't need to increase their vol. Their volume can stay the same as it was in terms of total yardage for the week. But if you can get in the water four or five days, the two weeks leading up to a race, I think that's going to really help you out. Um, I do think a little more speed work during that time is good. Just some 25s, 50s, 75s fast. Um 
just to get that activation and front speed. Um, and then I, I'll just share my swim workout that I do the two and three days before the race. I mean, it will be a little bit different for me because I probably swim higher yardage than most. Um, but I usually do a 500 swim, 400 drill, 300 kick, then 1050s on 50, uh, descend one to three, hold four, easy five, twice through. Um, I'll go 850s, build, um, build on the way down, kick on the way back. And I'll go 825s where I'm sprinting to 15 meters, then going easy the rest of the 25 and then just like 100 warm down. So, or 200 warm down. And I think that's about 2,100, 2,200 yards maybe. Um, but I always feel like that gets me activated enough um, to be ready to go when the gun goes off the start of the swim. Ooh, I like that set. That's a good one. One of my favorites to do is I basically just like to do like just shy, so do like a warm up. So around 600 yards of warm up, and then I will just do like a, up to 1800 to, to hit a total of 1800 or 2k of just 50 on, 50 off, 50 on, 50 off, 50 on, 50 off, and kind of doing the same thing like maybe taking the first four of the 50s that I do on where the first 25 is really hard and then the second 25 you know kind of alternating between those two but basically yeah just activating um but I liked your comment on trying to get in the water a little bit more you don't have to do short you don't have to do long stuff no if you can get in and do a thousand yards four or five times a week those two weeks before um I think that's really gonna pay off Hopefully that's what is the case because that's basically all I've done this week. I have gotten in the pool every single day, but I haven't done much more than about 1,200 yards. <laughs> so hopefully, well, let's see. Well, we're going to find out if that pays off. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. So then my next question for you is kind of related a little bit to um, – increasing your ability to hold speed for longer duration. So we're going to use myself as an example here. I have fairly good takeout speed. I can get off the line and I can grab the feet of the fast swimmers. But then by the time I hit the first buoy, I can't hold it anymore and I get dropped. Or for example, right before we were talking, I gave you the example of how I can do a 100 test set in like 116, 117 and not even have it be it's definitely hard, but I'm not dying. Like it's really, it doesn't even feel like I've gone to lactate in that space. But then I try to do a test set. So the, the thought would be, okay, if you can hold about a 117 type of thing and a 100, you should be able to hold pretty easily. You should be able to hold fairly similarly, maybe like a 119 at the, at the slowest for longer. Yeah, well, I can barely hold a 124 when I get above 200 plus. So... What would be your recommendation to someone like me who wants to start being able to increase their ability to hold a higher pace for longer, like in a set? I don't know if I worded that the way I wanted to, but I think you get the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say a lot of like, honestly, 50s, pretty fast, like short, short rest, high rep 50s. So for instance, 2050 is fast on like no 40, more than five seconds. Yeah. Like 45 seconds for you. Um, mm -hmm. Or even hundreds 
on like 140, 130, um, depend 130 probably. Um, really just the point where you feel fatigue, um, where it hurts, but you feel like you can kind of keep up that pretty high pace speed. Um, I think a set that's pretty famous in the swim world is called the Hackett set. Um, and you can do a modification of it, but what it is, it's a total of 40 fifties. Um, it goes a six, lot of fifties, <laughs> a lot of fifties. Um, and you increase the rest as you go. So it's 16 fifties and the interval would be up to you, but I'll just pick one just for the case of this. So 16 fifties on 40, every fourth fast, 1250s on 50 every third fast, 850s on a minute every other fast, and 450s all out on 110. Um, that makes sense. And I think that's actually a really good set for developing that like speed threshold and like learning how to keep your speed increasing as the body gets tired. Um, so I'm a big fan of uh, high rep short rest 50s for that. That makes sense. I like those. I like 50s. Those are like the one thing I enjoy doing in the pool. Yeah. And about, I think that's you give me about a 200 and I want to give me about a 200 and I start going, why, 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 why? <laughs> and even when you're on short rest, it gives your body and your mind enough of a chance to reset where you can kind of keep that speed while keeping the form. Um, what I see with a lot of triathletes is you increase their distance and their stroke almost completely changes. Yeah, um, that would be so, me. Yeah, so learning how to, like if you're doing 40 50s in that style, you're that's 2,000 yards of swimming with a lot of it being fast, almost mm -hmm. like half of it being fast. Um, and like and you said, yeah. you probably can keep your form for each of those 50s. So you probably that's can. 2,000 yards that you just held perfect form, so to speak. Yeah. And I think for most people, they're going to hold form and hold speed a lot better doing a set like that than they are doing like four or five hundreds. Yeah. And I mean, there's a time and a place for four or five hundreds, but for right, this specific yeah. purpose, um, I think doing those high rest or short rest high rep fifties is really good. And that would make sense to have that at least type, that type of session at least once a week, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I might have to add something like that in. I like that. That's a lot of fifties, but I like how it you goes by really quick. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like by breaking it up into spaces and having like, okay, the fourth one is fast. The third one, the second one, all of them, right. Right. It kind of changes it so that it's a different type of set each time. Yeah, And the interval just, changes. Hey, go out and do, just go yeah, do you, 40 fifties, which you should get more rest as you get further into the set. So it kind of keeps you like looking forward to the next thing, even though you have to go faster. Yeah. All right. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Well, now we all are going to be super fast swimmers. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> um, I was also having a conversation with uh, my kind of swim coach and, and he had a good point too, that I have, I'm having this problem right now where I keep saying I have the potential to be a, a front pack swimmer. And he said, Kayla, stop saying potential to have it. Tell yourself you have it. Tell yourself you're there. He says, obviously, mm. there's a lot of things that we need to work on. He's like, we're not ignoring that. But if you don't start, right, and we've talked about this, and this is something like, I teach this. I tell you this all the time. <laughs> like, Yeah. 
<laughs> that goes back to like, we know what we should be doing. <laughs> exactly. But it was a good reminder too, to be like, oh, you're right. I am just sitting there being like, I have the potential to be a good swimmer. It's there. The potential's there, but I can't, you know, but if I just sit there and just say the potential's there, I'm never actually going to tap into it. I have to start well, trying to change like that thought process. Watching the PTO race and all these runners. And I looked at my mom and I was like, there's no reason why I can't be a runner. Like I have mm-hmm. long legs. I have strong legs. Like, yeah. I have a great aerobic system. Why can't I freaking run? But it's like, I can run. I can you run. can I run. I start telling myself that. I'll find exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. All right. Well, our goal is you're now going to believe you're a runner and I'm going to believe I'm a swimmer. Yep. I am. Good goal. Okay. Um, all right. So we have another question. Um, this one was in regards to best tips to find good bike routes in new places. And, and I am not the best example of this because I have a tendency just to go out and explore, but um, Strava, great place. I use new routes. You use something else. I forget what you use. Yeah, because I can't have Strava because it makes me mental. Um, I get get that. I get it. (laughs) um, I just use the Garmin Connect app or the Garmin app on my computer. So if you go to Mm. the Garmin Connect thing and push like training and navigation or something and you just create click create route and you can either do automatic or uh i select or something um on your phone it's easiest to do automatic because it's hard to see the roads on your phone um but it will create a route for you based on popular routes in the area um but on your computer it will actually show you which roads are like most popularly biked on and it will put the road in a different color. Um, so I'll like hand map my routes based on like where I feel like riding that day, how long my ride needs to be, um, what time of day it is, because I know um, based on the type of road, if it's going to be busier or not, um, mm-hmm. especially in the Phoenix area. Cause I even, I still am exploring new routes, routes in my oh, yeah. area. Um but I think Garmin actually does a really good job with showing you where bikers are riding in the area. And most of the time it will display if there's a bike lane or not. Oh, I should try that. I haven't used Garmin Connect for that. I literally just have Garmin Connect to be able to transfer things. That's about all I use it yeah. for. Um, the other t- thing I do is like when I was up in Tucson, uh, Tucson, well, actually in Tucson, yeah. But when I was up in Flagstaff, I sometimes just Google. I'll Google best bike routes in Flagstaff. And, and then I'll just start clicking on them and being like, oh, well, no, that looks like it's nothing useful or I'll, you know, kind of thing. And a lot of times it will pop up different, like all trails. I think it's ALL trails is a really good one to use. They often have, you have, usually you have to have a subscription to like be able to download the actual route, but it will kind of show you high level where that route is. And then you can kind of map it yourself, whether you use Garmin connect or you use Strava or anything. And then, so that's one that I've used. Um, I've also used ride GPS, I think is what it's called. Oh yeah. I've used ride GPS. mm -hmm. I really liked ride GPS for grab finding gravel routes back in when I was living in Spokane. Um, I haven't used it in a while, but um, they were really great for, Again, kind of some of those gravel rides, um, which 
I know I sometimes find, yeah, harder to find, but, or, you know, honestly, if you're somewhere like go out on the social media and ask on, on Instagram, like, Hey, who, anybody live in X area? Do you have some routes you recommend? Or have you ever ridden here? Like social media can be really great for that type of stuff. Um, and for the most part, the biking community wants is one that is always going to want to share uh, really great, you know, finding routes. You can always contact a local bike shop as well. They often will have either maps or they'll have groups that, you know, may be able to provide you with kind of good routes. So those are kind of some of the ways that I do it. Um, and then I'll say I kind of just go out and explore as well for the most part and hope that I end up on a route that looks okay. (laughs) Um, and it really depends on the area. I mean, if you're in a really great biking area, like when I was in Flagstaff, I really don't know if I could have gone wrong with wherever I was riding. Um, if you're in a more populated area, then it's obviously a different, different question or a different story. So, um, yeah. So thank you for that question. That was a great one. Um, the next one is what shoes are we racing in? This was kind of a fun one. I think we've talked about shoes in the past, but I can't remember if we've actually said what we race in. You're still trying to figure it. Well, I think we're both still trying <laughs> to figure it out, honestly, but I know you're still trying to figure out kind of a carbon shoe that works well for you. I am. I, I, that's going to be a constant work in progress. I mm-hmm. think the feet issues I've had yep. historically, and I do have kind of an, I mean, it's a little bit of an, I have a very like tall foot volume wise. Um, like my feet aren't wide, but they're tall. Mm. Um, but I also have a bunion still on my left foot and it's unfortunately starting to grow back a little bit on my right foot, which is really unfortunate, but like the, my heel is skinny. So it's just, it's so really funky. Hard. Yeah. It's a funky foot. So, and I've had plantar fasciitis issues. So I'm just very cautious of my shoes. Um, and it's a bummer because I really like the Sakani endorphin threes, but they give me, or no, well, yeah, all of them. Yeah, all that for, um, I love, mm-hmm. but for some reason, the third generation of all of them give me awful blisters on my Achilles. So, weird. Um, and I tried the sec, I tried the pro version of the like the carbon plated version of the second edition because I run in the second edition speeds, which is the non carbon plated nylon plate one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that one gave me blisters. <laughs> oh man. Um. So. We're trying a few. I've tried on. Have you tried the new, the new balances yet? I've tried them on. They just don't fit my foot great. Mm. Um, I'm going to go try more on and maybe I'll find one. Yeah. <laughs> I will find one. It's just going to continue taking time. I actually haven't tried Nike. I've been so hesitant to try Nike, but. I, I haven't mind. either. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't seem to bring myself for some reason to wear their shoe. Um, I don't know why. I really don't have anything against them. I really don't care. I just like I like Nike's recreational shoes. Me too. I love them. <laughs> my favorite. Well, that might be yeah. my next try. So I'll keep you guys posted when I do try and <laughs> let you know. But currently, I'm running in the Sakani Endorphin Speed Twos. Yeah, they just uh, updated their new. Uh, I never say their name. The Canerva Canerva oh, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are kind of great. I ran in Sockney for quite some time. I 
recently have been running in New Balance. So I also have an issue. So I have an issue with carbon shoes. I have a really hard time finding carbon shoes that work well for me because I have um, a really bad case of Morton's neuroma, which is basically when the uh, neuron or the nerve that runs kind of in between some of your toes gets really, really aggravated. And like, I can't walk on hard floors without shoes on. I have to wear slippers or something. Um, Or it literally feels like somebody's like, chopping my toes off um and carbon shoes seem to really aggravate it and a lot of right carbon's really rigid and so a lot of carbon shoes are a little more rigid and as they've kind of improved they they're now becoming less rigid and stuff so like i've tried i tried the asic metaspeeds and uh loved the way they felt they're super light um i couldn't wear them for more than 70 minutes or it literally felt like my feet wanted to fall off uh, so those those did not work. I've tried the uh, Saucony Endorphin Pros, which I loved. Those were great. Never really had too much of an issue with them, but they did feel kind of like stiff on my feet. Um, recently, I've been running in New Balances in their their Elite Fuel Cell, uh, which is a fabulous shoe. Love it. Highly would recommend it. Like the they're super easy to get on, um, super squishy and bouncy and everything. The one issue for me that I've been having with them is that they, from skiing, I have not quite bunion, but like knobs on the side of my feet because ski boots, like I grew up as a ski racer and ski boots you wear very, very tight. And if you ever asked to see a ski racer's feet, you would say they like, you'd probably want, let's just say you wouldn't be wanting to buy pictures of their feet. Um, they're not pretty. Unless you have some really weird fetish. Then, Ooh, this is true. <laughs> then you might. Who knows? <laughs> but it, it has created these permanent, like, almost like bunions on the sides of my feet. Well, those literally rip holes. The New Balances rip holes in my feet right there. Oh. Like, like this size. Even when you wear socks? and. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doesn't matter. Uh, so... I went back to just recently, last this week, actually tried the new version of the On Echo Boom. So I had previously tried, right before Oceanside, I had tried the On Echo Boom carbon shoe and could not wear them. I couldn't even make it 60 minutes in them. They hurt my feet so bad because they were super rigid and they didn't have like a lot of squish, for lack of a better term. Um, in but they just came out with their new version, which has a lot more give. And I think, fingers crossed, I may have found a pair that are going to work. So we'll see. I'm going to run in them at Mont Tremblant. Um, they don't rip holes in my feet. They feel amazing. My feet hurt still, but honestly, my feet, because of this neuroma, unless I was to go get shots in my toes, my feet are going to hurt. They hurt in every shoe I wear. Just the, until, unless I stop running, they hurt. So that's what we're going to try. Best of luck. Shoes are really, I feel like it's hard to give recommendations on shoes because everybody's feet are so different and it just can't pick a shoe really to help people. I don't know. Yeah. Nope. Agreed. I think what you're doing is best. You got to go try them on. All right, we have uh, about time for one more question, and then I have to head out. So um, we did have a question um, that was maybe more geared, I guess, more geared towards me, but actually it kind of fits nicely because 
you have been to Mount Montremont. And the question was from Ben W888. This one was on Instagram. He said, what made you choose Ironman Montremont? He says, I'm doing that one too, the third time for me, and it's a good one. Um, so I chose Mount Tremblant one because it fit my schedule. <laughs> there weren't, there's not a lot of options for the pros kind of this time of year, um, that I can afford to go to. Um, and my other option, like basically was that I wouldn't, it was either Coeur d'Alene, Lake Placid, Mount Tremblant, or I don't know if there's one until November an Ironman for the pros. I'm not sure. Um, for pro, or like pro women um, at, at this time frame. Coeur d'Alene didn't fit my schedule. Uh, I felt like Placid was just a little bit too soon. And so Trombone it is. I've also always wanted to go there. Um, it's been on my bucket list. I love the mountains. I have, you know, I just have this like feel at home when I'm in the mountains. And um, I've heard amazing things about the race. So I'm really excited to be there. Um, I know your mom did trombone one year and you got to go up there. You really liked it. That's so. where I said, I'm going to do an Ironman one That's day. That's right. I couldn't remember did if it was I, there, Florida or something. I couldn't remember why. It, it was, it was Tremblant. So Tremblant was the first, her first. Oh no. Whew. Okay. Sorry. Calf started to cramp. Clearly still haven't gotten oh, that. No. <laughs> that reminds me. Aaron, Aaron is dying. Aaron is dying. Everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, Montreblant was her second, but our family went to go watch her, um, and just seeing, like, the electricity of that finish line and how it was, like, through this cute ski village, um, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do an Ironman one day, um, here I am training for number four now, but it's yeah. just beautiful, and I'm super bummed that they're not gonna be doing the full anymore after this year, because it's Me definitely too. one I'd want to do at some point. I'm hoping maybe it'll come back. I heard it was had to do with a, a sponsorship thing. So all of Canada has Ironman Canada's in any of the races that have been in Canada have been sponsored by Subaru. Yeah. Well, Ironman overall as a company is sponsored by Vinfast. And I don't think they could come to an agreement between Canada and the rest of the world. So that is why it is no longer, or at least that's the rumor I have heard. I am worried. I feel like a lot of full distance Ironman races are being canceled. Um, Actually, uh, Andrew Messick actually mentioned in a podcast that the 70.3 after COVID came back great, did great. Um, But they're having a hard time with Ironman numbers. Um, They're kind of hoping that, right, like, the thought was, okay, well, what in in COVID timeframes, everybody like right, so many people bought bikes. They kind of got into running, they got into biking, mm-hmm. and the progression usually is, oh, I'll start with a seventy point three, and then you do a seventy point three, and then eventually you want to do an Ironman, like the the full distance. So they're kind of hoping that, like, in another year or two, all these new people that kind of came into the sport after COVID will want to go up to the Ironman. But yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, they, 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 I mean, he's even said, at least from what I, again, this, these are rumors that I'm hearing. Uh, I heard via a podcast he did with, was it the Slow Twitch podcast? I don't remember. Um, but then I think Pro I, Tri- I listened to the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then Pro Tri News said something about it. I don't know how as they well. train or Might whatever he's the name to. 
Mm-hmm. Got triathlon hour or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I heard pro try news talking about it as well and how they kind of said the same thing. Like they're saying how that's what they've heard. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer because there's something so cool about that full distance and it, and it's hard to like, they're not selling them out, but they're selling out 70.3s left and right. Um, so I yeah. get it, but it makes it harder to schedule when I ideally would like one to be mm-hmm. able to program every month. Um, and yeah. now it's like in the U.S. we've got Texas Very few. and Lake Placid. California. California, Florida, but those are like late season. And it's Arizona. Just, That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's not many. Because I know Tulsa's canceled, Montreal's mm-hmm. canceled, Coeur d'Alene's a 70.3 for the next couple of years. Yep. I think Penticton will potentially, I don't know now, actually. Maybe they just haven't yeah. announced that it's going to well, yeah, still be here or not. Yeah, I got and that's Canadian, so we'll see. Hopefully um, that stays. I mean, I've heard yeah. that's a gorgeous race. A lot of people love that one. Um, I've heard amazing things about it. So... But yeah. Penticton and Lake Placid are kind of hard to get to. Yes. That's another reason why I didn't choose Lake Placid, because it's very challenging to get to, actually. and very, Though Tremblant's not easy, but yeah. not as hard. We're flying into Montreal and yeah. then driving. Montreal makes sense. It's, that's an easy drive. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, like 90, 90 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. I think for um, Lake Placid, you have to drive three hours. And that's if you fly into Canada and drive back to the U.S., I think. Yeah, I think most people fly into Albany, New York. Yeah. And then drive Still, up a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. Though, after seeing, uh, seeing, watching kind of pieces of it again this year, like, I hadn't had it on my list, but everybody just raves about Lake Placid. Oh, it's gorgeous. I know you I said it's amazing. It awesome. <laughs> I want to do it. I mean, you like hills, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, that's something I'm excited about for Montremblant because a lot of my races, a lot of my Ironmans lately have been very, like, not, like, Texas and Arizona and Kona, which even though Kona technically is really, is really, really challenging, it, it it's not very dynamic because it is kind of a grind fest because the, the hills are not super dynamic, right? You've got the one hill where you're coming back up uh, to make the turn on the Queen K, and technically you have uh technically going all the way to Javi is a hill but they're not like it's, it's very not, basic very basic whereas Tremblant's gonna be a lot more dynamic and I do like to climb I'm a better climber than I am just a grinder um and yeah so I think that'll be a lot of fun I'm excited for it so all righty well I have to head down to Scottsdale for a physical therapy appointment for my shoulder. Yay. And you guys probably have some fun stuff to do for the rest of the day. Um, yeah. Hopefully. Is it still well, rainy? Yeah. I was planning on getting my longer run in today because I don't know if I'll have time for it tomorrow or Sunday. Um, and I don't know if I can get myself to do 10 miles on the treadmill. So it might come, Ooh. might be a 45 minute treadmill run in a strength session today. That's perfect. That's better than nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so awesome, everybody. Well, if you are, let's see, I don't know if there's much racing this weekend, but if there is racing this weekend or in the next little bit of time frame, 
I know we've got, there's a 70.3 world is coming up for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, that'll be fun to watch. And there's the PTO Singapore, which is this week, next weekend, next weekend, I think. No, I'm not sure. I'm losing track here. I don't know. Um, Tremblant, if you're racing, if you're racing in Tremblant and you are going to be there, I arrive sometime on Thursday. I will be in and around the area. Come say hi if you see me. We'd love to say hi. Um, grab a picture if we need to. Any and all of the above. Um, but we'd love to see you guys out there. And, yeah, we'll be back sometime. We'll be back next week for kind of maybe a pre-race kind of thought process yeah. here. So and maybe it will be on time. I don't even think we have a specific release date. We're giving up on us. I've given up on that because life is crazy. Life is crazy. <laughs> We, 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 like get to get them out. we get to it when we get to it. <laughs> we like to try to get them out. I try to get them out Wednesday, Thursday range, but let's face it. We lead very busy lives. It's just the way that it is. <laughs> we this almost couldn't even make this one work. So. <laughs> so awesome. All right, everybody. Well, if you do have questions for us, you can uh, reach us at, on either one of our Instagrams, or you can send us questions at www w.wherefeettakeyou.com slash podcast. Again, we love getting your questions. It allows us to provide you guys with the content that you want to hear from us, the answer questions that you have. Um, because let's face it, triathlon's chaotic and crazy and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and we'll, we'll do our best each week to answer your questions and provide you with a little bit of chit chat for the week. So, all right, everybody enjoy. Talk to you later. Bye everybody.